This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Titans Time, the tailor-made podcast for all Tennessee Titans fans. Welcome back to another episode of Titans Time. I am your host, Tanner Staggs. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Tyler Staggs. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Tanner. What about yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, I want to mention before we start the show, uh, if you're new or if you enjoy the show and you're not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or follow if you're on Spotify or any of those platforms that call it a follow rather than subscribing. Uh, Also follow us on Twitter at Titans underscore time. Our Instagram is Titans time podcast and find us on YouTube. That is Titans time podcast. So Tyler, uh, I'm excited for the show today. Why don't you go ahead and let everyone know what we're going to be talking about today and what we have planned for future weeks, barring any news that comes out or anything. So today we are going to be covering the expectations for the Titans secondary in the upcoming season. You know, this isn't going to be the defense as a whole, just focusing on the secondary today. Next week, we are going to be giving our expectations for the linebackers. And then the following week, we are going to be giving our expectations for the defensive line. And the week after that, we're going to pull everything together and talk about our expectations for the Titans defense as a whole for the 2020-2021 season. So we're kind of going to be breaking it down by position group and giving our expectations. Not only that, but we're going to be talking about how these position groups have changed uh, over the course of the offseason and potentially some changes that we might could see coming throughout the rest of the offseason as we get into training camp uh, and things like that. And Uh, we're also going to be comparing uh, what our expectations are and how we think this Titans team will match up against other teams positional. Exactly. We'll look at teams uh, across the league at at each position group that we'll be talking about. uh, For example, like today in the secondary, Uh, we'll look at some other teams secondaries that we think are going to be better than the Titans. Maybe some that we think the Titans are in the same range as, and then some that the Titans are definitely better than. One thing that I want to add before we get started, Tyler, and this is kind of uh, in addition to what we were saying about all the defensive position groups, is that on our YouTube channel, we will be breaking down the offensive position groups and then coming together for one video uh, about expectations of the whole offense. So that'll be on our YouTube channel, Titans Time Podcast. Not exactly sure uh, when those will be coming out, but we'll have some more information on that soon. Tyler, first, I want to take a look at 
the Titans secondary in 2019. Why don't you go ahead and give a rundown on how they performed last season? Last season, I believe that the Titans secondary uh, finished as a whole with like 12 interceptions. And that's just from the secondary, not including linebackers, defensive linemen, whoever might, whoever else might have gotten an interception. Right. And we did have uh, some injuries like with Malcolm Butler, who only got to play nine games in the regular season last year. And I think he was actually out for the rest of the season, playoffs included. Uh, then Adoree Jackson only got to play in 11 games. So, you know, a couple of guys who were key parts to our secondary were out with injuries. So, you know, that kind of hurt us some, as expected. And, you know, Logan Ryan, who's more used to playing like the slot corner position, had to move to the outside. And I feel like he done a Or even job. in some situations they had to bring in guys that weren't used to playing to play that outside corner position or wherever they were moving them to play. And it, overall, it just hurt the secondary uh, quite a bit. So the team as a whole had 14 interceptions. And like you said, the secondary had 12, four of those from Logan Ryan, five from Kevin Byard, one from Kenny Vaccaro, and two from Malcolm Butler. Uh, the other two, I can't remember who those came from. But those are the guys from the secondary that had interceptions. Uh, of course, uh, Dory Jackson had no interceptions, but – you have to think that he would have finally gotten one had he played more games throughout the season. And Malcolm Butler probably would have had a more productive season. Uh, what do you think the absence of Logan Ryan, is, what kind of effect is that going to have on the Titans as we move into next season? Well, Logan Ryan is you know a good veteran presence to have. And even coming from the corner position, he finished last season with four and a half sacks. And as far as a team who was having trouble with their edge rushers getting to the quarterback, that's pretty big to have a defensive back that can come in and add four and a half sacks to your sack total for the year. It absolutely is. And that's one thing that I was going to mention is, uh, you know, four interceptions and four and a half sacks. That's a pretty big impact for a player. Um, and, you know, Logan Ryan, I have my thoughts about him. You know, I think that he was getting up there in age and he had lost a step or two and that hurt him at times. And he wasn't able to just, you know, man a guy up and stay with him the whole way and force, you know, or get an interception that way. Uh, he usually had to play smart and lure the quarterback into making a bad throw. And that's how he was able to get his interceptions. But that's part of that veteran presence and, you know, just the veteran leadership that you can have in the locker room of bringing some of these young guys, you know, to have a conversation with you and being like, look, you're not always going to have that speed, have that step. You need to learn how to deceive the quarterback and get in position to make plays on the ball. You know, four interceptions, that's pretty good. You know, like you said, only one behind Byard, and Byard was tied for like second or third in the league with most interceptions last year so and it's not always about the interceptions it's about breaking passes up and just being in good position absolutely uh can you pull up uh the passes defended passes you know forced incompletions uh by the titan secondary last season well tanner what i can tell you is how many times all of these guys were targeted last season 
how many catches they allowed, and what the completed catch percentage they allowed was. Uh, Looking at Logan Ryan, he was targeted the most last season. He was targeted 103 times, allowed 68 completions, and that comes out to a completion percentage allowed of 66%. Malcolm Butler was next with 57 targets. He allowed 36 completions, and that comes out to a completion percentage allowed of 63.2. Adoree Jackson targeted 54 times, allowed 36 completions. That comes out to 66.7% of a completion percentage allowed. Kenny Vaccaro targeted 53 times, allowed 38 completions. That comes out to a 71.7% completion percentage allowed. Kevin Byard targeted 47 times, allowed 27 completions. So that comes out to 57.4% of completion percentage allowed. And then jumping down to Amani Hooker, who was only targeted 13 times, allowed six completions. So obviously having fewer targets, everything like that, his completion percentage allowed has the greater chance of being lower, and he comes in with 46.2%. So as far as Amani Hooker, do you think that if he had been targeted more, that that catch percentage would have went up a bit? I'm going to say that there's a good chance that it does uh, go up. I mean, really, he was pretty close to allowing already on just 13 targets, 50% of those being uh, completed. And, you know, when the volume goes up on stuff, there is a greater chance that the percentage you allow is going to be higher. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. And do you think that part of why he allowed less than 50%, uh, you know, a completion percentage could partly be due to the fact that since he isn't one of the best defensive backs or wasn't last season on the Titans, he was probably matched up when he did come in and was targeted against you know, maybe lesser receivers or. That was a point I was actually going to touch on is some of these uh, guys we're looking at, they're a little bit lower on the depth chart. So when they come in in some of these packages, the receivers that they are asked to cover more times than not is not the opposing team's number one, number two, or even number three receiver. It's probably, it could be the number four or possibly even the number five receiver on that team's depth chart. So it's a little bit easier to come in, I believe, in my opinion, and cover that fourth or fifth receiver on the roster because even if they do get targeted, yes, they get paid you know, to come out, run their routes, catch the ball, but their abilities aren't going to be as high as you know, teams like, say, when we had to face DeAndre Hopkins. You're not going to see uh, Monty Hooker covering DeAndre Hopkins just a whole lot. Right. At least not last season. Uh, He might come out this season and, you know, be one of the best defensive backs in the league. I don't necessarily see that happening. I do think he improves a bit. uh, But let's talk about probably one of the most interesting uh, cornerbacks going into next season for the Titans. Uh, Let's go ahead and discuss Christian Fulton and – do you think that he's going to be an upgrade from Logan Ryan, or do you think you see a bit of a production dip? Uh, what are your thoughts on Christian Fulton for next season? 
I think with Christian Fulton, we're going to have just a little bit of a dip. Not not too bad, like you said. Logan Ryan, a uh, little bit older, so he was having to be smarter about how he played. Christian Fulton, obviously coming in as a rookie, he's going to have a lot of energy. He's still going to have that quick first step, the speed, but at the same time, he is a rookie. And more times than not, coming in, facing veteran quarterbacks, veteran receivers, you know, these rookies are going to, uh, well, make, you know, they are going to make mistakes. Yeah. And, and, you know, Christian Fulton, one of the knocks on him coming into the draft is that sometimes he would take too much of a chance trying to get an interception, say on a curl route, slant route, whatever. Uh, and I think that some of these veteran quarterbacks could take advantage of that, especially in his rookie season. Um, and give him a little pump fake and boom, touchdown. Right, and all of that is going to be fixed with experience. The more experience you get, you're going to learn more and you're going to be better. So that's why I'm saying going from all the experience Logan Ryan had to Christian Fulton as a rookie, it is going to dip some. I still have a lot of faith in Christian Fulton. I believe he is going to be really great for the Titans as far as this next season goes though I think that he will end up coming away with two interceptions on the season but I do think he is also going to add one and a half sacks this year okay so not quite what Logan Ryan did um I think that as far as effectiveness Christian Fulton is going to be better than Logan Ryan but from a stat standpoint, yes, you might see production dip a little. Uh, I, I'm going to say three interceptions from Christian Fulton in 2020. Uh, I don't know about sacks. I didn't, I didn't really consider that. Um, you may be onto something there with one and a half, especially with his speed. He could get back into the backfield uh, pretty quickly and uh, – you know, definitely a lot faster than Logan Ryan, but I think that the reason that Logan Ryan was able to get so many is one, the scheme, and you know, uh, you know, they kind of schemed him into not being blocked off the edge at all sometimes, uh, and also, you know, how we talked about him kind of tricking cornerback or quarterbacks, excuse me, uh, into you know pretty much giving him interceptions sometimes. You know, he could be a little deceiving there on the edge at cornerback too not edge but at, at cornerback and uh corner quarterbacks i'm getting a little mixed up here but quarterbacks might not see him coming around the edge there uh and might not recognize that he would be blitzing right and going back to my point about fulton whenever i was saying that we were going to see a drop like going from logan ryan to him i was you know, referring to the statistical standpoint of not going to see as many interceptions, I don't believe, and not going to see as many sacks. I actually think that as far as a completion percentage, you're going to, I think that Christian Fulton could actually uh, improve from what Logan Ryan did. I think he could be a little bit lower in the 60s or possibly even in the upper 50s, which in my opinion would kind of put him in conversation for defensive rookie of the year. I agree, and another thing that also factors in to this is it depends on which corner cornerback slot he is actually sitting in because I believe he will probably end up being, at least at the start of the season, like the number three corner. So he may not be targeted as much as Logan Ryan was last year, 
you know, we might be able to come back and look at this in a couple of years when there's a good chance that he's the number one or number two corner and getting targeted more. Of course, if he becomes a lockdown corner, teams will be scared to throw at him. Well, you know, and I, I think that's why Adoree Jackson didn't see as many targets as, say, Logan Ryan did. Um, not, I think Adoree Jackson's a really good cornerback, and I think he will be for a long time in the NFL. And by no means am I saying that he's like Darrell Revis or anything, but he's the best corner on the team, so teams might be a little scared to throw towards him sometimes. And speed kills. Having these younger, faster, quicker cornerbacks versus having, like you said, Logan Ryan, who had possibly lost to step, teams will be or more wi- teams will be more willing to go after a corner who they think has lost a couple steps. Well, and I mean, we saw that with Logan Ryan uh, in the Chiefs game, the AFC Championship game, where they kind of burned him a couple of times. Um, but back to your point on Christian Fulton about experience and how he's really just going to learn these, some of these things from experience. Uh, I think that Anthony Midget, the secondary coach, defensive backs coach, whatever you want to call him, uh, who's been with the Houston Texans for a while, and Jonathan Joseph, who, you know, as we talked about, I think it was last week, um, has tons of experience in the NFL. I think that they can kind of share their experience with him and kind of expedite uh, or, you know, get him into that learning curve just a little bit faster. Speaking of Jonathan Joseph, I want to hear what your expectations are for him this next season. Um, For me, I don't necessarily see Jonathan Joseph getting – a whole lot of meaningful snaps um, unless there is an injury in the secondary, which is very possible. But at his age, um, I don't feel comfortable with him being on the field for a lot of snaps. Now, he's still a good player, but I, and I, and I mean, I could see him for, you know, so many snaps per game uh, or, you know, if he was on a limit or something, but I don't necessarily think that he just needs to have a whole lot of wear throughout the season because he's somebody that when these players start to get beat up closer to the playoffs, he can come in. And obviously by that time, he'll have learned the defense. And you know, like we're saying, he's a veteran. So he's a guy that I would feel comfortable at that point when some of these guys are a little banged up. But as far as early in the season, I don't think you're going to see him a whole lot. I actually don't think he's going to get an interception at all throughout the regular season. All right, so some of those things I agree with. Uh, One thing I do disagree with, I don't believe that he's going to come in, get just a whole lot of playing time. I believe he was brought in to be another good veteran presence to teach these young cornerbacks and give them the knowledge that he's had from being in the game as long as he has, help them with techniques, things like that. Um, again, like you, I don't think he's going to have a lot of playing time unless someone goes down with an injury and then he might be asked to do more. But since he is a veteran, I believe he's not going to do what Logan Ryan done last year, but I do believe he will end up with one interception this next season. Okay. Um, I mean, I can't disagree with that because there is the chance that, you know, 
when he does come in, especially in sets where they have to bring more cornerbacks in, uh, or if they're just giving someone a break or if someone's hurt, uh, there is the potential that he does end up getting an interception, especially with uh, his knowledge of the game and how long he's been in the league. Uh, I think he was brought in to avoid a situation like we saw last year when Adoree Jackson went down, Malcolm Butler went down, where we had to go out and find cornerbacks in free agency. Of course, Tremaine Brock came in and he actually played pretty well. Um, but let's get, let's just kind of go down the list here um, and give our predictions for the Titans secondary as a whole, uh, mainly interceptions. Um, for me, the Titans team as a whole, I believe, is going to have 23 interceptions. And to kind of put that into perspective, they would have been second in the league last season behind the Patriots who had 25. Now, that's last season, but I think that in 2020, uh, the Titans will have 23 interceptions. I can say that. Uh, I'm going to keep it to the positional group here. I believe in the 2020 season, the Titans defensive backs will finish the season with 18 interceptions. And, and that, that's what I meant. I want to plug that in there. I meant uh, the defensive backs. I do think maybe Jayon Brown or uh, you might even see Rashawn Evans get an interception or two here and there. But uh, for the secondary, 23. And that could end up being all that the team has as a whole. All right. That would be uh, really impressive then because looking back at the Patriots last year, out of their 25 interceptions on the year, 20 of those 25 were by their uh, secondary. So, you know, putting that into perspective again, the Titans, if in this next season, if their defensive backs finish with 18 interceptions, then compared to last year, they would be behind the Patriots by two interceptions in that. I do, uh, for just a second, want to call out a friend of the show, Jacob Patterson, because I do think that some of the Patriots' numbers are inflated a little bit from the game against Sam Darnold. Um, as he said it himself on the sideline. He was seeing ghosts. So, Jacob, uh, I do want to say these stats are a bit inflated because of that game against the Patriots when Sam Darnold looked like he didn't belong in the NFL. I guess it helps when you get to uh, play Sam Darnold twice a year. It does help. Uh, it helps a lot. I'm hoping that he'll be traded into the AFC South soon. And then maybe my bold prediction about Kevin Byard breaking uh, not trained Lane's interception record will actually come true. We will uh, need to get Jacob on the show sometime and let him defend his Jets the best that he can. I'm calling him out. So breaking it down a little bit more, you said that you think the Titans secondary as a whole will finish with 23 interceptions. Is that right? 23 interceptions, yeah. All right, break that down for us a little bit more. Let us know individually who all you think is going to have what. Okay, so uh, I'm going to start with Kevin Byard, and I know that— You don't want to save the best for last? I don't. I want to go—I want to come straight out and give you Kevin Byard right off the bat. Um, I'm not going to go with what I said in the bold prediction episode, just because that bold prediction episode was a bunch of things collectively— that we think could potentially happen in 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 our minds but don't play, expect it to happen. Yeah, in our minds the players have the potential to do that and in my mind Kevin Byard is good enough to break that record and get 15 interceptions. 
but we don't think that all of those bold predictions are all going to happen in one season because obviously that would be ridiculous. Uh, but what I'm going to say is that Kevin Byard has 10 interceptions, and on top of that, I'm going to add one forced fumble. Uh, then I'm going to move to Adoy Jackson. I think he's going to have a much better season, and hopefully he'll be he'll be able to play every game. Uh, I'm going to say Adoy Jackson with four interceptions, Malcolm Butler with two, Kenny Vaccaro with three, Christian Fulton, like I said earlier, with three, and I'm even going to throw out Amani Hooker because I'm a big fan of him, and I'm going to say he's going to get an interception next season. All right, I will follow that up and break mine down like I said I believe they're going to finish the season with 18 interceptions kind of like you mentioned in our bold prediction episode of the podcast I had Kevin Byard I believe with 12 or so interceptions and I'm going to go against that because as much as I would love to see that that was my bold prediction and I think Kevin Byard finishes the 2020 season with seven interceptions and he is going to add one sack to that then I have you said you had a Dory Jackson with four interceptions and Malcolm Butler with two mm-hmm. I'm flipping those I'm gonna have Malcolm Butler with four interceptions and I have a Dory Jackson finishing the season with two interceptions but he is also going to have a sack this year Then, as I mentioned, Christian Fulton, two interceptions, one and a half sacks. Jonathan Joseph, one interception. Amani Hooker, I'm going to say that he has one interception. And Kenny Vaccaro, I'm giving him one interception as well. And he's going to... Interceptions for everybody. You get an interception, you get an interception. But Vaccaro is also going to add in two sacks. And this is where I believe they make up for being without Logan Ryan this next season. Granted, Logan Ryan by himself had four and a half sacks. Because much like the interceptions, everyone gets a sack. Right. And I have the Titans secondary finishing with five and a half sacks this next season. And another thing, another person I'm adding in, not saying he's going to have any interceptions. He might surprise me depending on how much he gets to be on the field. But Ty Smith, last season, he had a missed tackle percentage of zero. Well, he he missed no tackles. Exactly. uh, And he's really good at forcing fumbles because I think he had 15 tackles, forced two fumbles. I'm going to say that he repeats that this year and has zero missed tackles and forces two fumbles. So you don't think that he's going to have an increased role this season because of his effectiveness last season and that that will lead to him potentially having a missed tackle? Just because of some of the depth that the Titans have in the secondary right now, I believe he's going to be a little bit further down on that depth chart. So I don't know that his role is going to increase as much. But I think with the time that he does get to be on the field, he will make the most of it. Uh, so we were talking about the Jets earlier. Speaking of them, they have Jamal Adams. Uh, would you say that Jamal Adams is a better safety than Kevin Byard? No. No, absolutely. Do you think Kevin Byard's the best safety in the league? Of course. Okay. Uh, we might be a little biased. I think he's the best safety in the league too. Um, what? What? Do you have any safeties in mind that you might would put up there close to him? 
Uh, one that comes to mind for me, Harrison Smith from the Vikings. Of course, he's getting a little up there in age, but he kind of does everything. I mean, he does. Um, you know, obviously, you mentioned Jamal Adams. Safeties that come to my mind are Harrison Smith, Jamal Adams, and Earl Thomas, even though he is scared to tackle Derrick Henry, um, and also Tyron Matthew from the Chiefs. And, you know, those are other safeties that come to my mind. I know a couple of those are free safeties, but I'm just taking safeties as a whole there. I think you must be able to tackle Derrick Henry before you can be considered a top safety in the league. Um, that is just my personal opinion. But uh, the next thing that I want to talk about, uh, let's discuss some secondaries that uh, we think probably have better talent than the Titans going into 2020. Not necessarily that they will produce more uh, or you know, you know, have more interceptions or whatnot, but just outside of Titans fans, uh, defensive back groups that have more players that are well-known and that are usually ranked higher than who the Titans have. Because, well, and, and possibly secondaries that have more talent and might make more of an impact. Because obviously, as Titans fans, we are going to know more of the names of. Well, you know, we know Amani Hooker, we know Ty Smith, we right. know. Um, but some secondaries that jump out to me: the Baltimore Ravens, who have Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, Earl Thomas, like you mentioned. Um, I have a feeling that their secondary is a little bit better than the Titans is. Uh, would you agree? I agree. Just when you factor in all-around talent and what they are able to do, you know, I think they do have a slight edge on the Titans. Uh, another team that we mentioned earlier, the New England Patriots, obviously. I think that they might produce more than the Titans uh, just because of the fact that they do – play the Jets twice this season and so Sam Darnold uh, might once again inflate those stats just a bit uh, but they have Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, uh, they have the McCourty Twins and Patrick Chung. Uh, they've had a good secondary for a while now and I see that continuing in 2020. I do too. Like I mentioned you know last season just between their defensive backs they had 20 interceptions so especially since like you mentioned playing the Jets they could easily repeat that this next season and you know they just have a lot of talent across the board i'm going to mention two more teams real quick the la chargers uh derwin james chris harris casey hayward desmond king uh and then the bills tradavius white micah hyde jordan poyer levi wallace and josh norman if he's even still relevant in the nfl i'm not really sure well um, that's another one of those things where now he's not asked to be the top cornerback on the team you know, he can slide down to when he comes in, guarding that number four, possibly number five receiver, and can be a, put this in quotes, lockdown corner because he's playing a receiver further down on the dead chart. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could see that. Um, so now I want to hear out of these teams, add the Titans in there, who do you think is going to have the best secondary in 2020? Take oh. your time. Overall, best secondary in 2020, I believe it's still... I'm going to give the edge to the Patriots just because of playing the Jets twice a year. And, I mean, the Patriots' defense is a good defense. You know, yes, losing Tom Brady on their on the offensive side, I believe, is going to hurt them. Hurt their defense? No, just hurt their team as a whole. 
their defense is still going to be really good, I believe. But I am going to say that I see the Titans secondary finishing as a top five secondary in the league in 2020. Well, I mean, that would definitely be nice. Uh, I'm going to say best secondary in the league. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Chargers uh, just because of Derwin James. Is He can literally play like any position. Um, and then, of course, you have Chris Harris, Casey Hayward, Desmond King. Those That cornerback trio, in my opinion, is the best in the league. Uh, and I really think that the Chargers are going to have the best secondary in the league, especially when you factor in that they have, and I always get these two mixed up. Do they have Joey Bosa? I believe they do have Joey Bosa. It's Joey Bosa. Bosa. Yeah. When you include that they have him and they have some other good pieces there up front, uh, I think that their cornerbacks aren't even going to have to cover for that long. So I think that when you think about that, the fact that they might have to only have to cover for like a second less than some of these other secondaries – that could help them out a ton throughout the course of the season. Well, that could also speak to some of these other secondaries, though, whose, you know, their defense may not have the best pass rush, but they're still going out there and doing everything they can to slow teams down. I mean, if your secondary is holding teams to under, say, just roughly 20 points a game, 18 points a game, something like that, and you have no pass rush, then that should speak to how good your secondary's playing. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that's a good point. I think that spoke a lot about the Titans last season. I mean, we, we've mentioned this so many times, but I hope that their pass rush has improved because last season it really exposed the secondary some. Well, and going back to the pass rush, if your defense has a good pass rush and the quarterback only has you know, a couple seconds to get rid of the ball, he's more likely to make a mistake and that can make the secondary look, you know, better than what it may actually be. Because like you mentioned with Christian Fulton coming up on the curls and slants, things like that, breaking on those. If the Titans had a pass rush that only allowed a quarterback, say two seconds to get the ball out, then he's able to break on those because they're not going to be able to make that double move and beat him deep. Yeah, uh, it's a good point. That's all that we've got today. I want to mention one more time to check us out on Twitter, Titans underscore time. Check us out on Instagram, that's Titans Time Podcast, and on YouTube, Titans Time Podcast. When you check out our YouTube, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to it. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave us that five-star rating, and leave us comments. Let us know how we're doing, anything we can improve on, anything else you might want to hear. Tanner, I've had a lot of fun on the podcast today. I look forward to the next couple of weeks breaking down other position groups. Like you said on our YouTube, I look forward to breaking down the offensive position groups and seeing what your expectations are for them. Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited for it too. And like you said, uh, we had a lot of fun on the podcast today. Make sure that you check out our website, titanstimepodcast.com. Check out our articles that we put out on there. Um, like Tyler said, leave us some comments and if there's any content that you want to see, just let us know. Uh, we'd be more than happy to make a YouTube video covering it or plug it into the podcast, whatever you guys would like to see. Um, with that being said, this has been Titans time and as always Titan up. (laughs) 